Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from Hebrew chapter 13, verses 1 to 3, and it reads, Let mutual affection continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you are tortured yourself, uh, as though you yourself were being tortured. Please stand for the gospel reading. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, and I read from verse 31 to 40. When a son, when a son of man come in his glory, and all the angels with him, and he will sit on the throne of his glory, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a ship as a sheep separate as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goat at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw your stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothes? And then, and when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you've done it to me. These are the words of the Lord. Be seated. Thank you, Stephen Dwechena. We thank you for being a part of our church. Uh, Stephen is from Liberia, a United Methodist from birth. And uh, he's serving on the administrative board here and uh, has been in various studies. We just really appreciate everything you're doing and being a partner with us in the ministry of Christ. Now, if you'd like to memorize that scripture, there's a couple of little mnemonic things that could help you. And one of the things that I have often done is uh, to take the first letter of some significant words and uh, memorize just the first letter in, say, groups of three. And that'll help you remember it. Like H-T-S. Hunger, thirst, stranger. And so that'll open up the rest of it. Uh, I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. So HTS. The next three would be NSP for naked, 
sick, prison. I was naked, and you gave me clothes. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And that's one of the ways that you can help remember. So just learning the first letters of several, and uh, I call it thought conditioning. So if you're struggling with your spirit, uh, one of the ways to, toward wholeness and wellness is to memorize Scripture. So I commend it to you. Well, we had fun at annual conference this last week. Uh, the annual conference session was held uh, at La Vista, uh, Nebraska. La Vista is a small suburb of Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, we, the three clergy went, Daniel, Maria, and myself. And then we have three lay members to annual conference. Corey Phelps, who was in the 930 service. Jeremy Wilcoxon, who was in the 930 service. Brian Clark, who was in the 930 service. Now, Brian uh, could not attend, as it turned out, because his stepfather passed away, and he needed to be with family. But uh, he's the chair of our administrative board, and you will see and hear from him a lot in the future. Um, <clears throat> annual conference session. It, it's a time when uh, uh, we celebrated. Um, I'd like to defer to Adam Hamilton. Adam is one of the pastors, uh, leading pastors in our annual conference in our nation, and he's known around the world in United Methodist circles. He posted, I have never felt more hope for the future of the United Methodist Church than at this annual conference session. That's cool. And he writes, despite the annual conference approving 155 church disaffiliations, most of the delegates from the remaining 750 churches were energized. They are proud of being a church where all are welcome. They are clear that our work is to be used by God to draw people to Christ, to help people grow in their faith, to care for the people in the congregation, and to inspire and equip their congregations to serve as Christ's hands and feet in their communities and throughout the world. And then he wrote this piece, which I think could be helpful to all of us. He said, I wish God's blessings on each of the churches that disaffiliated. These are our brothers and sisters, and they will reach people our United Methodist congregations may not reach. But I'm proud to be a United Methodist and excited about what God is doing and will do through United Methodist churches in the years ahead. Yes, it was a time of hope. Our bishop, David Wilson, uh, served as the bishop of our annual conference for the first annual conference session. He was newly elected as the first Native American bishop in our denomination. And when he happened to mention that, there were erupted applause and cheers from, from the audience. We are so very proud of him and the, the breakthroughs that are being made in our day as the people of God. He wrote in an Episcopal letter just prior to annual conference, As a Native American, I understand what it means to be excluded. 
Like many of our indigenous members, our LGBTQIA plus siblings have, in many cases, stuck with the church despite the way they have been treated. It is time we move beyond platitudes. All people are of sacred worth, and we should not only say those words that appear in the Book of Discipline, but live out those words as taught by Jesus Christ. If you'd like to read his entire letter, it may be found at greatplainsumc.org. And the other thing I was so encouraged by, and I've been at this for uh, 47 years, not only was uh, Maria uh, uh, ordained as a full deacon, uh, but I got to pass the mantle. I never thought I would be around long enough to do that. But what they did was, uh, is kind of like passing the mantle from the Elijahs of the older generation to the Elishas of the younger generation. And I took my stole off and I placed it on the, the youngest uh, member age-wise of the elder class, which was the Reverend Carissa Miller. She's 26. And uh, I'm not the oldest one years-wise, but... Um, apparently, I had the longest service record of 47 years, and so that's why I got the honor. So, <laughs> so it, was, it was kind of a, a, a humbling moment to be able to do that. It was just a symbolic thing that may the spirit of the Elijahs of today rest upon the spirit of, and I said, Elishas, Elishas, Carissas, and all of the incoming class. Listen to this. This year, for the first time in decades, the class of those licensed, commissioned, and ordained was larger than the class of clergy that retired. Yes! Yes! And when you uh, look and observe the, 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 those coming in and the youth delegation that was there and made presentations and led us, um, the world is not going to the dogs like so many say. We continue to believe in hospitality to the stranger, reaching out in love and reconciliation with the gospel of Jesus Christ to the least, the last, the marginalized, the excluded, and the lost. These are what the gospel calls us to do, to be an other-oriented community of faith. You know, friends, that's why here at Aldersgate we have name tags. Thank you so much for wearing those name tags. And if you don't have one yet, we've got one for you. And um, if you got a pacemaker, did I say that? We've got clips so you don't have to shut off your pacemaker and fall over. How good is that? And we're even getting a, a magnetic board to put on the wall. So when, when you come, you can, you can pluck your name tag uh, off of it and wear it and then put it there so you don't lose it on the way home. And you do not have to be a member of the church. You don't even have to be a saint. You don't have to be the right age. We want everyone to have it. It's a good way to cheat and find out who you should be remembering the name of. Have a long forgot. You can peek on the name tag. And it'll help our new senior pastor immensely. That's why we have name tags, because we want to exhibit radical 
hospitality. To the greatest of these, to the least of these. And that's why we want to upgrade the narthex. So the first thing people see when they walk in the doors is not an outdated old name tag clutter, but an inviting and welcoming presence that says, we're glad you're here. That's why we want to upgrade to the finest hospitality team we can assemble. Pastor Daniel is leading that charge so that we extend the hand and we're looking for people we don't know and we can reach out to them. And that is why we want to upgrade our congregational approach to justice. Pastor Maria is leading that effort. Do you realize that this year at annual conference, in all of my 47 years, this was the first time I was able to observe in the reports that justice ministries in Kansas and Nebraska with United Methodists is literally exploding with people. And it's not only United Methodists, but it has gone ecumenical and it has gone interfaith. And that is so exciting to see. People are feeling called to take a stand and to work for for tearing down walls, especially in in a culture where uh, hatred and vitriol are a part of our public discourse and where we seek to exclude people and where we seek to to control people. We're seeing that in our culture today. And we, as the people of God, want to stand for freedom to the least, the last, the marginalized, the excluded, and to say that all people are welcome from the greatest of these to the least of these. That's also why we're upgrading our risk management I know several of you are on that because we want the church to be a safe place for all people. I don't know if you saw, but in my phone, uh, there's an app I have for CNN News. What popped up this morning was at a headline that said one of the most dangerous hours in America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. You are at the most risk in America today by being right here. And our risk management team has begun to take steps to dream, envision, and implement a way for our church to be one of the safest places for people to be a part of from all vantage points. We want to close the gap on who we are missing by what we do well. And Aldersgate does so many things well. If there's anything that has kept me up at night through the years, it's the thought, who am I missing? Who did I forget about? Who who walked past me and I didn't notice? That's kept me awake. We want to close the gap on who we're missing by what we do well. It was Sunday morning before Palm Sunday in March of 2015. I was just finishing up a week of vacation days that I thoroughly enjoyed. I got to ride my bike, got to work in the yard, got to do a lot of things. It was restful. And now the last day of my vacation happened to be a Sunday. And my father was just moving into assisted living at a facility in Hutchinson, Kansas. And so he needed my help to do some stuff at his house. So that Sunday morning, since it was still a vacation day, I got up early and I went to Hutchinson for a day of work, hoping to get back to Wichita in time to watch the big shocker Jayhawk game. 
Now, on the way into Hutchinson, I got the hungries. You know, do you know what a McDonald's egg McMuffin tastes like? Yes. So I stopped over to use the restroom and get one to go. As I walked through the eating area at McDonald's on 30th Street, I saw two couples also eating breakfast. They were all dressed up. Who goes to McDonald's dressed up? As I walked by, I casually smirked, Y'all look like you're going to church today. And one responded, Yeah, we are. You want to come with us? I said, Well, what church? They said, The Church of the Nazarene. I said, Wow, what a good church, I hear. One asked, Are you from Hutchinson? I said, No, I'm from Wichita. And then another one asked, Well, what do you do there? And that's where I started to squirm a little bit because it was 9 o'clock on a Sunday morning. But I cannot tell a lie. My mommy always told me to tell the truth no matter what. And there I am dressed in ratty jeans and an old t-shirt about to bare my soul to a bunch of Nazarenes. <laughs> so what do you do there? I said, well, I'm the senior pastor of Aldersgate United Methodist Church on 21st Street in Northwest Wichita. Busted, one of them said. <laughs> Are you skipping church? Another one asked. I said, hey, I'm here to help my father move into assisted living, and that's the only excuse I have. But to my credit, I did rehearse and memorize next Sunday's, Palm Sunday's, scripture while I was in the car. Okay, what is it? One of the guys said. Out with it. Those Nazarenes can be tough. They weren't going to let me squeak by. So I began to rattle off Luke 19. As they came to Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of the disciples into the village ahead of them, saying, Go into the village, and upon entering it you will find a colt tied that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And I rattled off the whole thing, and I decided later, I preached to some Nazarenes in a McDonald's. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> well, I really had a nice conversation with them, and um, I invited them. I said, if you're ever in Wichita, uh, I want you to come by and visit me at Aldersgate United Methodist Church. And they said, you know, that sounds interesting. So, friends, if a Nazarene walks through that door, <laughs> I want you to be nice to them. But really, that's what this whole story is all about, that Jesus was telling to his disciples and anyone else who would listen. For the prophet said, and he shall be called a Nazarene. So when I say there's a Nazarene walking through the door, I could be talking about a church in Hutchinson, Kansas, but I could also be talking about Jesus himself. If he were to walk in the door, won't you plan on being nice? And then Jesus, of course, defines who Jesus is a little bit further in Matthew 25 when he talks about the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, H-T-S, the naked, the sick, and in prison, the N-S-P. So if you see someone who comes through those doors that's naked, it might be Jesus, so you better be nice. And you better be ready to clothe them.
That's what it's all about. As we've done it to the least of these. The writer of Hebrews said you might actually be entertaining an angel unaware. Or you might be entertaining Jesus himself. You know, I've often said, I'd rather help someone and find later it was a mistake than not have helped and find later it was Christ knocking at my door. Now, I like to ride a bicycle, and I plan to do lots of bicycling. And I have ridden through Sedgwick County Park many times. And in the last couple of months, in riding through Sedgwick County Park, I've seen a man and a woman. Maybe you have too if you've been over there. And, and, and there's two grocery carts that they push around, both of them piled high with kind of unkempt uh, belongings, probably all their earthly belongings. And as I've gone through the park on various occasions, I see them camping out in one of those canopy bridges or uh, over in a, in a place underneath some trees behind a park bench where uh, they would be, because I ride very early in the morning and I've seen them get up many times. And I decided one time, you know, I wonder if these are homeless folks. I mean, I've seen them here a lot and they don't seem to go anywhere and it's early in the morning. So I stopped one day when they happened to be sitting on that park bench and I introduced myself and uh, I, they said uh, they were from Florida and they had come to Wichita looking for work and they couldn't find any and they couldn't find a place to live and so they ended up here and they were camping out in Sedgwick County Park. Did you realize there have been homeless people in Sedgwick County Park, not just downtown, but right over here? And my heart was filled with some compassion. I had just done a funeral not too long before and uh, the family paid me way more than they should have as an honorarium and I, I couldn't take it. So I, I, I had a $100 bill in my wallet and I said, just a minute, I got something for you. And I pulled out that $100 bill and I gave it to him. Now I'm not looking for credit, don't clap. But you know what he said when he looked at that $100 bill? He said, with this, we can get a few nights in a motel on a real bed. And I said, well, I wish you well. And I took off on my bike. Well, those things don't leave your mind very easily. And over time, uh, I've thought about them a lot. And I have seen them from a distance and other times that I've ridden through uh, the Sedgwick County Park. And um, I decided that, you know, maybe I needed to do something more. After all, it's not what they need so much as it is what I need to give. I thought, maybe I need a project for retirement. Ah, maybe... I could see what I could do to help them in, in a more sustainable way. So I made this little pact with myself that I would go looking for them again in Sedgwick County Park. And when I saw them, I'd give them the other $100 bill that I got from that funeral that I don't need. 
And I'd offer to go get them some Brahms certificates, some McDonald's certificates, because they could either just walk right over there, and introduce them to Laundry Love that we're launching because we want to be hospitable, and it's just down the street on Ridge Road. And, so, uh, and then to see if I could help uh, find a more sustainable way for them to live. Now, I've ridden through that park. I've ridden on every path several times. And I haven't seen them in recent days. Having worked with special needs through the years, I think they've moved on. And I never got their name. Now, I can pray for them by picturing them in my mind, but forgot their name. That's going to haunt me for a while. So friends, when a Nazarene from Hutchinson walks through the door, get their name. If it's someone else, it doesn't look familiar. They may not have a name tag on. Go find out. Why? As you've done it to one of the least of these, you've done it to me. Amen.